Well, hello there. It's time again for the Florida Roundtable. I am Melissa Fox, and I've got a great show packed for you today, and I do mean packed. First, we're going to talk to the American Society of Clinical Oncology and talk about some of the inequities in cancer care. Then we're going to talk about a literary magazine that is very unique, and we're going to talk to the author of that. He's actually a war correspondent. You know, it's still time to get vaccinated. It's open for five and up. Yes, five years of age and up. So you should do that. And we're going to talk to a noted journalist about sexual prejudice with people who have disabilities. All that is coming up and more. It's this week's episode of the Florida Roundtable on the Florida Talk and Entertainment Network. One of the tragedies of modern life is the plight of homeless people who literally have no place to call their own. Yet even those of us who have homes are really homeless without Jesus. You see, every material thing we possess is temporary. We leave it all behind when we die. But the good news is for followers of Jesus, homeowner or homeless, we can inherit a permanent home called heaven. Jesus promised that he was going to go there to prepare our eternal home, a home which cannot be lost. It is ours to receive when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. When you die, will you have a home or will you be homeless? The choice is yours. It's yours by accepting the free gift of salvation and eternal life through faith in Jesus Christ. Where is your eternal home? Is your heart homeless? Visit rightfromtheheart.org and click on About Us to find out how to know Jesus. Don't wait. Do it today. This is Bryant Wright speaking right from my heart. Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low we can't publish them anywhere. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. Call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. 802-341-4542. 802-341-4542. That's 802-341-4542. Monopoly utility companies are trying to make it harder for Florida families to install rooftop solar panels. These special interests are lobbying for short-sighted legislation that would destroy your ability to take control of your utility bills by using rooftop solar. Taking this right away from Floridians will put small businesses out of work and increase costs for homeowners. Tell state legislators they serve us, not the big power companies. Take action at floridautilityscam.org. Sponsored by Florida Conservation Voters. It's the Florida Roundtable. I am Melissa Fox and always bringing you up to date on the latest things that are going on. And frankly, the American Society of Clinical Oncology says, you know what? We've got a lot of inequities in cancer care. With that in mind, I think we should talk to the American Society of Clinical Oncology board chair. Let's welcome now Dr. Lori Pierce. Dr. Pierce, welcome to the Florida Roundtable. Thank you. I'm, I'm delighted to be with you today. I want to know what the heck is going on in oncology care. And <laughs> Come on, talk to me. We as the oncology community have made just incredible advances in cancer care in the past 50 years. Um, and we know that, in, that overall patients are living longer and being cured at higher rates from their cancer than in times past. But we know there's an unevenness that not all patients, are having excellent survival. There's clearly a difference. There's, a, there's an inequity. 
and we see inequities for African Americans, for people living in rural areas, for lower income Americans, as well as those who have less educational opportunities. We see that those groups of, of people have lower survival rates, regardless of stage of diagnosis. They're just doing poor. So basically, we're not reaching the right people equally. And I mean, that seems to be the meat of this. We don't want to say it's rooted in racism and discrimination, but it looks like it might be. Well, you're absolutely right. There are a multitude of reasons why we're seeing this. Um, and a lot of it has to do with economic and socio socioeconomic differences. Uh, we know that one main factor is that many minorities don't have adequate health care. You don't have adequate health insurance. Um, and if you don't have insurance, you can't get the adequate care. You can't access cancer services, including screenings. And we know screenings are so very important because when you screen for cancer, you pick up early stage disease, which is a much more curable uh, stage of, of cancer. So we clearly need to have better health insurance across the board. We also know that minorities in particular are poorly represented in our cancer clinical trials. Uh, if you look at the rates of, of clinical trial participation is very low for blacks and Hispanics and, and other underrepresented uh, groups. And we know that being on a clinical trial is so important because when you're on a trial, you often see the best possible outcome for patients with cancer. So it is very important for all patients or candidates for clinical trials to be offered an opportunity to go on a clinical trial because the bottom line is if you look at the data that have studied, people have studied this over the years, that if you offer a cancer patient a clinical trial, cancer patients will go on trials the same percentage, whether they're black or white. It's the same percentage we'll accept going on a clinical trial. We just have to get the trials to the patients. We have to get patients to the point in the process where we can offer a clinical trial. If you look at those who do go on trials, if offered a clinical trial, the same percentage, be they black or white, will go on trial. So we have to make sure we as cancer providers have to make sure that we offer um, patients with cancer the opportunity to go into clinical trial. We have an uh, initiative in ASCO, the American Society of Clinical Oncology, where we want to look at what's happening to minority patients who come into your institution at the very beginning of the process, how they move through the process to get to a point of being offered a clinical trial to really understand what the barriers are because barriers in one institution may be different barriers in another institution. So I, I think that that initiative will be very helpful in terms of being able to dissect the process at various institutions to see where those barriers are. We know that there's also bias, um, that there may be some cancer providers who may think, well, because there's so much distrust in the African-American population compared to others, they, they won't go on a trial. So since I'm so busy in clinic, maybe I won't take the time to offer a trial. No, that is absolutely not correct. Mm. All patients should be offered the opportunity. If, there's an, if there is an appropriate trial that they're eligible for, all patients should be offered that. So there, there are many different reasons, but this initiative that we have for ASCO will help institutions to kind of look at their own processes and figure out what things need to be changed. Dr. Pierce, we're talking to Dr. Lori Pierce. She's uh, the board chair for the American Society of Clinical Oncology. Where can people go to make this happen, to help close the divide and get more information as well? At ASCO, we have a extremely informative patient information website, cancer.net. Perfect. Dr. Pierce, thank you so much for helping us here today on the Florida Roundtable. My pleasure. Good to talk with you.
Looking to make your garden fresh and new this spring? Quality Green Specialists in DeLand has what you're looking for. Fancy shrubs, large trees like magnolias and hollies, beautiful flowers like supertunias and azaleas, olives, citrus, peaches, blueberries, vegetables and herbs too. Enjoy gardening at its best. Select from our quality fertilizers and organics like azomite. Great plants, sustainable products. Friendly expert advice. 335 West Michigan Avenue, DeLand and online at qualitygreenspecialist.com. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-513-1652. 800-513-1652. That's 800-513-1652. Hello, I'm Hector Elizondo, Emmy Award-winning actor, and I want to talk to you about getting older. My body hurts, my joints ache, and sometimes I forget. I forget that doing all your own scenes for a movie isn't always the best decision, especially when you're galloping side saddle down a countryside road on a horse named Archie Bello, who seems to have only one speed, high. And pulling on his reins only seems to encourage him to go even faster. So, of course, my body hurts and my joints ache, but it's not because of my age. It's because I'm living my life. Oh, Archie Bello! Don't let life pass you by. Take care of your brain health. It may just help you stay on top of your game. As soon as this scene wraps, I'm going to kiss the ground, thank Archie Bello for his outstanding performance, feed him a carrot, and visit brainhealth.gov. Find out. How you can make the most of your brain as you age at brainhealth.gov. We're talking with Dr. Marcos Mestri, Vice President, Chief Medical Officer at Nicholas Children's Hospital in Miami, Florida. And we need you to still get out there and get vaccinated for COVID-19. It is still crucial. COVID vaccines help prevent severe illness, hospitalization, and death from COVID. And they offer strong protection from even the worst outcomes of COVID. So with that in mind, now, is it important to get vaccinated or could I just go out there and get COVID? I mean, wouldn't that just be a simple solution, doctor? Yeah, we definitely don't recommend anybody get COVID or, you know, having kind of like what we did in the past with uh, chicken pox parties and, and having folks just get infected. Now, if you happen to get infected, it, it does offer some degree of immunity, and that's been proven in the literature um, to, to, to protect you somewhat. And actually, is the best protection is having either um, – you get the vaccines and then you get infected or get infected and then have the have at least one dose of the vaccine has been shown to be the to have the strongest immune response and to have the strongest levels of protection but we definitely don't recommend to just kind of go out there and, and go get COVID just because we don't know how each individual is going to respond um and individuals that um uh, you know, not, might not have as uh, a strong immune system may get uh, severely ill, even younger individuals. Again, likelihood is not going to happen, but we don't, because of those uh, small risks, we don't recommend just kind of going out there and getting COVID and, or even putting children at, at risk for getting COVID if we can avoid it. So uh, definitely wouldn't would recommend these uh, COVID parties that some folks uh, discuss, discuss or purposely I've getting COVID. Yep. But if you happen to get COVID and, you know, you, you definitely will have some level 
more protection. So uh, Omicron, that was kind of mild, which I, I predicted. Again, not a doctor, but I was like, well, as uh, I know, <laughs> as I see infections, usually they become more infectious and less right. deadly. So if Omicron's right. mild, I'm just going to be fine in a couple of days if I get it, whether I'm vaccinated or not. Yes. Uh, typically, again, the the risk of having uh, severe infection with Omicron is a lot less than we saw with the Delta variant or even the Alpha variant. Uh, the problem is when you look at it from a bigger uh, public health perspective, the Omicron variant is, is significantly more contagious. So you have a larger denominator, uh, but you're still going to have significant uh, amounts of mortalities. Uh, you know, just recently last week we were having over 3,000 deaths. In, in the country with folks that had COVID, again, likelihood that those individuals weren't as healthy and, and may have not been vaccinated, but it's still a large number, which we seem to be just kind of numb to now, but still significant. So uh, although you're exactly right, likelihood of any severe infection is much less with Omicron, we do still see a, a significant number of the population that is at risk, um, even with, uh, with the milder variant. Yeah, comorbid um, diseases apparently are the ones that will really get you. Uh, you know, if, you're, if you have yeah. other stuff yeah. going on and you are not getting the vaccine, you're just setting yourself up for trouble. Which, uh, you know, I, I don't understand why, because if you look at the American Medical Association, 96 percent of all the doctors in the United States have gotten a covid vaccine. So, I mean, yeah, you know, isn't yeah. it that one dentist we wanted to talk to? Right. Remember, four out of five dentists recommend that gum. Right. Where's that fifth guy? But uh, where's that four percent? Seriously, as we get back to the fact that people really need to get vaccinated if they're going to stay, you know, uh, with us healthy and not get long lingering problems. And everyone now over the age of five is eligible. It's free too, right. The vaccine's free. Yeah, free to free and at your local pharmacies. It's easy to make appointments now. Um, some physician offices have it as well now. So you can call your physician office and see if they have it at their office. If not, uh, go into the vaccine.gov uh, websites and they uh, say wherever you can in your area to get the vaccine. And again, we the studies are, are pretty prominent in saying how protective it is against serious illness. Um, doesn't protect you 100% against getting infected, although the chances are less if you're vaccinated and boosted. And uh, but it definitely pr protects against severe infection. That's what we really want to do. We want to prevent those severe uh, infections. Uh, not have our hospitals be full. Not have our hospitals be overwhelmed. Not just with COVID, but then. Uh, postponing other procedures because hospitals are full with COVID. Right. Thankfully, we're in a much better place here in Florida, um, and that's uh, we've gotten over this hump, but we'll probably face some other fair variant down the road, and we definitely need to be protected against that. Ah, oh, yes, we do. Most definitely. Dr. Marcos Mestri, Vice President, Chief Medical Officer at Nicholas Children's Hospital in Miami. We're up here in the Orlando area. That's home base here. But we've got uh, Dr. Mestri on board because, frankly, we want you guys to know that it's very important to get vaccinated. There are ways you can stay healthy. You can spend more time indoors in the, in the winter months around your friends and stuff. But uh, there's also a lot out there. Myths and misunderstandings and misinformation about vaccines and vaccinations really remain important. Now, I mentioned when we started out, doctor, that the CDC is going to recommend shortly a fourth booster and that they'll probably align it with the yearly flu shot that we get. How do you feel about that? 
Yeah, I think I think that makes most likely just long term. That's probably what things are going to look like, uh, just in terms of getting perhaps a yearly flu shot. Now, flu shot does similar uh, preparation every year. We see what's coming down the pipe with uh, with the variants of the flu, and and that's what the the flu vaccine does. Now, again, similar to that, folks have gotten the flu vaccine and. And gotten the flu, so that's similar way you could get the COVID vaccine and get COVID, but you want to prevent those serious side effects or side, uh, not side effects, serious um, issues that could occur with infection with the with the vaccines. And most likely, long term, that's what it's going to look like in terms of uh, recommending at least a yearly dose of the vaccine. So, Dr. Mastry, what do you say to the person out there, and there's at least four of them, I heard them, say, I ain't never gotten a flu shot, I am not getting no vaccine. Please address that, right. won't you? <laughs> yeah, no, what, what I recommended is, number one, I, I understand the, the hesitation. There's a lot of information, a lot of misinformation out there. And what, what I say to, to those folks is, number one, I'm not going to judge, uh, you know, one way or the other. I understand folks have their own opinions, but... I would like to present them with the facts just in terms of what's what's um, the, the risk benefits uh, of getting the vaccine. The risks are so incredibly small. This, this vaccine, although it came out quickly, it's been monitored more than any other vaccine that's ever been out there. So we, we do have a lot of data on it, and the data is overwhelmingly positive, especially if you have comorbid conditions or you're of an older age, you have other conditions that put you at risk. Uh, it's to me a no-brainer to go go ahead and get those vaccines. But even if you're healthy, uh, we unfortunately do see healthy individuals that come to the hospital, and after having a COVID infection, uh, one would think that they wouldn't have any complications, but unfortunately they do. And if we can prevent it with a vaccine that has minimal to no side effects, um, to me, it, it makes all the sense in the world to go ahead and get vaccinated. We've been talking with Dr. Marcos Mestri. He's the vice president, chief medical officer at Nicholas Children's Hospital. And everyone over the age of five years old, have you seen more vaccinations of young kids lately, or are we still on the adults? Yeah, we, we've seen the adolescents definitely saw a, an, an increase uh, here in Florida that came out around a Delta surge in the summertime. So we did see about, uh, I think, uh, the latest numbers is 50 to 55 percent of our adolescents between 12 and 18 years of age are fully vaccinated. We haven't seen as much of uh, the increase as we would like in the individuals from 5 to 11 years of age. Um, so we're, we're still uh, promoting that uh, for our, our families just to, you know, we always think, oh, kids are going to do well. And, and they're right. Most kids are, are going to do well if they have a COVID infection. It will be a congestion, cough, runny nose, maybe fever for a couple of days. But unfortunately, we do see uh, children that and do end up having to be hospitalized for uh, COVID infections. Um, and we want to pr- try to prevent that. And not just for acute COVID infections, we see this multi-system inflammatory syndrome that we see that occurs three to four weeks after COVID infections. And the studies do indicate that if those children are vaccinated, they are less likely to develop this complication. Um, which could occur three to four weeks down the road. So it's not just the acute COVID infection that we're worried about. We're we're worried about preventing any of those secondary complications of of an acute COVID infection. So, you know, still recommending uh, that individuals get vaccinated. Again, if you do have infection, 
that does also give you some level of protection. We just don't know how much. So what I tell folks that have been infected, and they say, well, I'm protected. I don't have to worry about it. Uh, to some extent, they're, they're correct. But also having at least one dose of the vaccine after having an infection has been shown to have the greatest uh, protection of all. So if you had infection and then get vaccinated, you, you have that much more protection. Can you uh, get the crystal ball out before you go, doctor, and tell me what the future looks like with COVID or for COVID? Yeah, you know, I've always I've learned that uh, every time I think things are getting better, then we get uh, slapped in the face with with a new variant coming out. But, you know, just kind of historically and and what happened with the Spanish flu in the early 1900s, kind of following a similar trend. And and we're hoping that, uh, as we've seen, these variants have less uh, virulence and essentially not being as severe and then more individuals being exposed to them, then therefore having even more immunity. Um, I think kind of what we alluded to earlier, we're going to be treating this kind of similar to the flu, uh, getting your yearly vaccination and protecting for those yearly um, infections that we see. And what we really want to try to do is not just overwhelm our health system. Uh, Once we get to the point where we don't overwhelm our health system, we have more what we call outpatient therapies, medications you can take by mouth. Then we can treat the kind of get back to what the normal looks like. And I'm hoping within, you know, this year that we get to that. And we're seeing that here in Florida, that that's, um, you know, kind of trying to get to as normal as possible. And I think we're, we're getting pretty close. Very good. So in closing, what's the message for parents out there to get their kids vaccinated? How are you going to get them off the couch and into the van? <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the, the two things uh, that I harp on is the vaccine is safe. And it's very effective. And although children, again, typically do uh, well with the vaccine, um, we, we do see uh, the complications. And, and I would hate to be that family that says, gosh, I, I wish I would have vaccinated my child, um, even though the complications are rare. Um, I think the, 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 um, the, 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 the risk of getting a complication with a vaccine is, is even rarer than the complications of, of COVID. So to me, I, I think I do my risk-benefit analysis. I say, well, the risk of the vaccine are incredibly small, uh, smaller than the risk of complications that I see from COVID. So, so go ahead and get your kids protected. You know, we, we've seen it here at the hospital. Um, unfortunately, the families that come in and said, oh, gosh, I wish I would have gotten my child vaccinated before and, and, and prevented this hospitalization. Um, and especially if you have comorbid conditions in your child, please go ahead and get vaccinated. It's safe and effective. Medical expert checking in from the front line, Dr. Marcos Mastri from uh, Nicholas Children's Hospital, Vice President and Chief Medical Officer there. Thank you so much for keeping us up to date. And that final message is get the vaccine. It's not going to kill you, but COVID can, right? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Thank you so much for being on the show today. Appreciate you. It has been said that everyone has a book in them. But do you have the time or the ability to write your book? Maybe you picked up some skills or had a life experience that you want to pass on in the form of a book to help others. Maybe you want to leave an autobiography for your family. Or maybe you've built a successful business and you want to share your story. At Dorrance Publishing Company, we have professional writers who can help turn your book idea into a finished manuscript quickly and affordably. A Dorrance ghostwriter can provide as much or as little help as you need to complete your book. You'll work directly with your ghostwriter to finish your book faster than you ever could on your own. It's easy to become a published author. Call Dorrance now to learn more. 
Call right now. That number is 800-485-6003. Hi, I'm Johnny Erickson Tata. Growing up with a brother with autism, Sarah Crump witnessed firsthand how kids with disabilities felt left out by their peers. It's why at the age of 15, Sarah approached her cheerleading coach with an idea to include girls with disabilities on her school's cheer team. Well, what started out as an inclusive high school cheer team in a small town in Iowa has led to what is now known as Sparkle Effect, a thriving nonprofit with over 180 cheer teams across the United States, bringing students with and without disabilities together through cheerleading. The result? More confidence, higher grades, and better school attendance for kids with disabilities. And for those without a disability, new friends and a greater empathy. You want to learn more? Well, visit disabilitycampaign.org, where we have posted a link to the fabulous work known as the Sparkle Effect. We're here early before they wake up. We stay late, we stay informed, we invest in the latest technology. We take the time to train the next generation of doctors and nurses. We work together to make sure we heal their bodies and their minds. We do this not because it's our job, but because this is about our veterans' lives. This is our mission. More than 300,000 of us working as one, together with families and loved ones. No matter where they live in this country, we'll be there. We all come together and stand together to serve our veterans. We stand strong, united. Stand with us in caring for our veterans. Imagine. Imagine being denied an apartment because of your religion or your race or because you have children or a disability. It's so wrong. Yes, but who has the power to stop this? You do. Each of us has the power. The law is on your side. It's illegal for landlords to discriminate because of race, color, religion, sex, national origin, disability, or familial status. If you suspect that you have experienced housing discrimination, file a complaint with HUD immediately so we can investigate it. Fair housing is your right. Use it. To learn more, visit HUD.gov slash fair housing. That's HUD.gov slash fair housing. Or call 1-800-669-9777. 1-800-669-9777. A public service message from HUD in partnership with the National Fair Housing Alliance. We are getting out of the month of February, but before we leave, it is Heart Awareness Month, all kinds of heart attack, heart this, heart that, and heart valve disease. This one really touches me at home, because back in the 80s, my mom passed away from what could have been a simple heart valve procedure, but at the time, they didn't know. 
You know, now they go in and it's almost an outpatient routine. But with that in mind, we've got Lindsay Clark with us. Now, she's the Vice President of Health, Education, and Advocacy for the Alliance for Aging Research. Welcome to the Florida Roundtable, Lindsay. Thank you so much for having me. So tell us about Heart Valve Disease Awareness Day with this American Heart Month, and and how do we understand heart valve disease a little better? Heart valve disease is a topic that's near and dear to our hearts as it is to yours, because we know that not a lot of people know about it. When people think about heart disease, they're usually thinking about heart attacks or congestive heart failure. And there's really little public awareness about heart valve disease. In fact, we did some research and found that three out of four people know little to nothing about it. So we were joined by 110 partners from across the country and around the world, all working to raise awareness of the symptoms, the risk factors of heart valve disease, and to improve earlier detection and treatment to ultimately help save lives. How many people are actually affected by, let's call it HVD? As many as 11 million Americans have heart valve disease, and about 25,000 people die from it every year. There's still a lot of people that don't know about it, but we're increasingly helping spread the word, and we're joined by thousands of advocates who really want to help spread the word and share the messages of the campaign as well. So what are the risk factors for heart valve disease? So we know that 1 in 10 people over the age of 75 suffer from moderate to severe heart valve disease. It can also be there at birth. People can be born with abnormalities that can lead to valve disease later in life. It can develop from wear and tear, certain infections that affect the heart. There's even some chemotherapy and radiation treatments for certain cancers that can lead to valve disease. Now, my mom, who I referenced in the opening, did pass away from a heart valve defect. That was brought on by, I believe, rheumatic fever when she was a child. Now, that's not something that's commonplace nowadays, but it affected her heart. We we still didn't know at the time that there was an issue. It was after the fact, oh, the valve's not opening and closing on its own properly. And now it seems, like I said, it's an outpatient, really, uh, surgery if you know what's going on. You're right. It's not as common now that people have rheumatic fever in the U.S. That's from typically untreated strep. It does still happen around the world that untreated strep throat can lead to heart valve disease. The good news is that it can be successfully treated in patients of all ages. It does depend on getting it diagnosed and treated in time, right? So that's where this campaign comes in and raising awareness about risk and symptoms and getting people to go to their healthcare providers and have their heart listened to. Oftentimes it's detected through a simple stethoscope check because your heart um, with valve disease produces a distinct heart murmur, a distinct heart sound that they can pick up. Yep, it's kind of a problem. I'm just saying, my mom used to make me listen, and at the time, we didn't know what the issue was. And now, I mean, it's 40-some years. Okay, but now, as I say, it's commonplace. But, again, people don't know that this is an actual issue. Heart valve disease is out there. So how do we get people off the couch to just go to get routine checks? Is it just that simple? It is that simple. I mean, we need routine checks because not everyone has symptoms. So we need to go and make sure that we're going for our annual physicals and that our healthcare professionals are actually listening to our hearts, which doesn't always happen, unfortunately. But also if we feel symptoms. Um, so some of the symptoms are feeling lightheaded, feeling more tired than usual, sometimes in a regular heartbeat or heart flutter, shortness of breath after even simple exertion when we wouldn't expect to be um, short of breath. And then um, just not feeling like oneself. So if something feels wrong, go get checked. Um, And if you have risk factors and you know that your risk risk is higher, it's even more important. It's especially important right now when we know that the pandemic has led to delays in all sorts of medical care. So people aren't 
necessarily going for those routine physicals, aren't going for the follow-up care. So I really want people to get back to that care, listen to your body, make sure your heart is being listened to. We're talking with Lindsay Clark, Vice President of Health Education and Advocacy Alliance for Aging Research. She is here with us today reminding us that heart valve disease is very dangerous. And if you're not aware of it, just listen to your heart. It's that simple. You can hear something's not quite right. Then go to the doctor, get the diagnosis, and there is early treatment, and you can continue living life. Correct, Lindsay? Yeah. Most valve disease is successfully treated in patients of all ages. The outcomes are really great. We just need to get in there and get it detected and treated. And and they oftentimes um, will do a valve repair or replacement that can be done surgically, but more often nowadays it can be done with a minimally invasive technique um, where they can go in through a catheter and replace that valve. Where can we get more information, Lindsay? Go to valvediseaseday.org to learn more about valve disease and about the campaign. If only this had come around a little bit earlier, but now that it's there, folks, it's routine. Heart valve disease treatment, heart valve disease awareness day. Make sure you make the effort to uh, check yourself out because we need you here. You're important to us. Lindsay Clark, thank you so much for bringing us up to date on all this wonderful information about HVD. Thank you for having me. Welcome back to the Florida Roundtable. Judith Newman is with us today. Now, she's a noted journalist. She writes about sexual prejudice. Don't turn the dial. Uh-uh, you, I saw you. Mm-mm, come back. This is about people with disabilities who are pre- prejudice against. Is that the way you would say that? I don't think so. Hi, Judith. How are you? Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. I'm really happy to be here. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Judith. Well, I'll tell you how I came to this subject. I I write for a zillion places, and and a couple of years ago, I wrote a book called To Siri With Love, which is about raising a a quote-unquote average kid on the spectrum. Um, My son is autistic, one of them, and so I I was interested. on On the page, I sat there, and I was worrying about my son's future romantic and sexual life. I got into a lot of trouble for actually saying that out loud, but that's actually what happened. So oh, I, 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 when I wrote this and I talked about, is he going to have a loving partner somewhere down the road? I heard from a lot of people and I heard from a lot of people with physical disabilities who were talking to me about the need for people with, with neurological issues and physical issues to be recognized as in a sense, equal sexual citizens. And so I began to be interested in this and research it a little bit. Um, you know, in, in, in 2012, the World Health Organization declared that sexuality is a basic need, that it's just an aspect of being human that you can't separate from anything, any other aspects of life. But, but if you look at studies that have been done in recent years, uh, the attitudes of the non-disabled towards the disabled um, show how many misconceptions we all have about sexuality uh, in, when it comes to people with disabilities. And the, the big one is just that they don't have a sexuality. And that they're, they're either, it's not exactly a question of being innocent, but just that they are invisible in a sexual way and that they don't feel anything sexually. Um, and, and and that's just how it is. So there is, and it's not surprising to me in a way that there's been in the last few years, like a, a kind of a civil rights movement towards people who are, from people who are disabled that's made 
uh, a little bit easier by social media. And it's about this idea of of not being invisible and being considered as in uh, somebody who you you at least you look at, at and you can consider as a sexual partner. Um, and I, I talked to a, a number of different people. I talked to to uh, people with all sorts of different disabilities. And it's, as one woman said to me, this, this very attractive woman who only has one arm that kind of works. So she, she's quite disabled. And she said that, that she's either considered just like a child with no sexuality, or she's sort of a fetish and novelty item. And that men, in her case, men approach her as, you know, I wonder what it would be like to have sex with this woman in a wheelchair. We're talking with Judith Newman. She's an author and contributing writer to more than 50 publications. We're talking New York Times, Vanity Fair, The Journal. Uh, Often you've been described as one of the most successful American freelance writers. How about that? That's an accolade. Ah. I think of, often described by me, maybe. Oh, oh <laughs> but I'm very the, happy. That she wrote her own press. In intro. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote my press. I had twin boys because that's that's what you know. Better living through chemistry, and that's what IVF often does. And one of my sons is neurotypical and completely funny and obnoxious. And my my his twin brother is autistic, and that's how you know my interest in this, uh, you know, he's, he's sweet and earnest and, uh, you know, a joy, but that's also somebody who you worry about a little bit more. It's called, it's continentalmagazine.com. And I urge you to, to go and look at some of the authors that are in there. There's Roxane Gay is there, Noam Chomsky, but also, please look at some of the authors who you've never heard of from Central Europe who are translated here. There is, and I say this as a, as a reader, not a writer. There are some stories that will knock your socks off. And the whole issue is about prejudice. So it covers the issue of prejudice in a variety of ways. Um, and you, you'll, you'll really be surprised at what you're reading there. Thank you so much for joining us today, and thanks for taking on this topic. It's not an easy one. Sexual prejudice against people with disabilities. Let's make it stop, and let's make you come back again someday soon. Judith Newman, thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me. Life happens. Getting married, moving, new baby, loss of health insurance. If you've had a life-changing event, you may qualify for a special enrollment period in the health insurance marketplace. Visit healthcare.gov and see if you qualify. Need help? A navigator from Covering Florida can help you through the process and find the best plan for you and your family. Visit coveringflorida.org or call 877-813-9115 to make an appointment. Assistance is always free and confidential. Last year, utility companies raised electricity rates for Floridians by billions of dollars. Now those same utilities are trying to take away your right to power your home how you choose. Rooftop solar power is becoming more efficient and affordable every day. But utility lobbies are pushing legislation that would destroy the solar industry. This would put thousands of Floridians out of work and put solar out of reach for countless families. It's time to stop this before it's too late. Take action at FloridaUtilityScam.org. Sponsored by Florida Conservation Voters. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. 
If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the Health Insurance Helpline can help you get it. 800-398-0651-800-398-0651-800-398-0651. That's 800-398-0651. Have fungus gnats invaded your potted plants? Control these pests with BTI, the active ingredient in Summit Responsible Solutions, Mosquito Bits. This naturally occurring bacterium kills mosquito larvae, and it also kills fungus gnat larvae in potting soil. Just follow the easy instructions on the label. Mosquito Bits are harmless to people, plants, and wildlife. Summit Mosquito Bits are available at garden centers, hardware stores, and at SummitResponsibleSolutions.com. All right. All right. It's time. It is. It's time to meet somebody pretty fascinating right now on the Florida Roundtable, the editor-in-chief of a unique new literary magazine, The Continental. It's a new quarterly literary review. features some of the best writings of Central Europe and North America for us here in the U.S. It's going to be very interesting to meet Shandor Hasbarini. How are you, Shandor? Hi. Thank you very much for having me. Well, you know, uh, I'm really, really super excited because we just launched the first issue of the Continental Literature Magazine, and our main aim is pretty much like to, to create a bridge between the, the Pacific, between writers and artists, uh, and we, you know, very much would like to, create, uh, to publish the best writing and best art possible and address really pressing social issues. So... In the first issue, which is called Prejudice of the Continental Literary Magazine, we just trying to, you know, research a little bit the concept of prejudice and the concept of race. And we reached out to Professor Noam Chomsky, who gave us a wonderful insight of, of uh, race as a social construct. And we have so many interesting things to discuss. Like Professor Chomsky told us that, you know, the construct of race, this is just a social construct, it has nothing to do with language, is basically evolving. When he was a kid, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't considered white because of his uh, Jewish origins. And now this is actually changing. And now, after the Second World War, he was he's considered white now. And, but the, 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 the construct, the social construct, never stopped changing, never stopped moving. And now, the, you know, Spanish-speaking Americans are considered to be white. And it, it, it's always fitting uh, the narrative of, 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 the, of the majorities. But there was no such thing as, 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 a, as a race when it comes to biology or uh, when it comes to science, except for social sciences. We address this. We have Roxane Gay, we have Topi Folleran, and we really have the best translation available from Central European writers. What I would like to notice is the first issue is really, really buzzing all around in the U.S., and you should definitely get a copy. Uh, I think uh, we already started creating a buzz, and we are very much looking to, to reach to the American reader and writers as well and artists. We are emerging writers as well, and we are already clearing up things here in New York because we just had a launch party here, and things are going well for now. So uh, we're talking with Shandor 
Hasberini. Now, Shandor, you are you are well known actually over in Europe. You're the author of the most beautiful night of the soul, more stories from the Middle East and beyond, and the devil is a black dog stories from the Middle East and beyond as well. Shandor, you're a celebrated author. You've actually received Hungary's top literary prize, and you're a correspondent for a lot of European news sites. Uh, were you just in the Ukraine, or have you come from Ukraine now? Uh, I came from Ukraine now. When I, I, I recently, uh, I mean, I, I came from Kiev to, to New York. And yes, I am. I worked as a war correspondent in the last 15 years. So basically, I covered all the major conflicts, starting from the Arab Spring. I've been in Egypt, in Libya, uh, Syria, Iraq. In the Gaza Strip, I can't tell you how many times, and I'm covering the Ukraine crisis since 2014, and that's why I went to Ukraine because because things are getting really dire over there. Talk to the people on the ground. While we are speaking, there's already a, a, a Russian troops movement in eastern Ukraine, so we don't know how this conflict will end. But we, you know, the thing is, it's like the the setting is actually uh, Ukrainian people fellow war correspondents are worried about their families. We don't know whether the Russian army will stop at some point of the, uh, and there will be a full invasion. There are so many questions right now over there. But yes, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm a do write fiction, and uh, obviously the work and the, the, my work is very much influenced my writing. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I always say that, that you know, Sometimes you feel like life has no meaning, life leads nowhere, and this is what I fixed in my stories. Because, you know, in the last 15 years I was, I was a traveling salesman of misery and pain as a war correspondent. Mm. And some people go to therapy, I started writing, and this is how I ended up. We're talking with Shandor Hasberini. He is an author. He's editor-in-chief at The Continental, which is what we're talking about at the moment. Also a war correspondent, traveling back to the U.S. now. He's been on the Ukraine front lines, and you just returned from Kiev. What is it like over there at this moment? Describe it for our listeners, won't you? I will, definitely. So, look, I mean, Kiev is pretty much calm. Obviously, there's a training of civilians in, in case there's a, a full-blown invasion, but the city is just bustling and going on its way. On the other hand, intellectuals and some of my uh, friends already left the country because they are very much afraid that, you know, if the invasion happens, then, you know, the airspace will be closed and it will be impossible to leave the country. Uh, there's tension. Tension is building up among the people, and a lot of people are scared. But you don't see it if you, if you just have a glance at Kiev. You don't see it is really uh, influencing the ordinary life. But on the other hand, you see people are volunteering to, to, to get a training if there's a, a, an invasion. And, uh, you know, the, the smell of war is everywhere. If you go into a bar in the evening, everyone is talking about the chances and what they're going to do. And the tragedy is there's now a generation in Ukraine who are smart, who are speaking languages, and who actually believe in the Western way of living and the Western democracy and, it's, and the liberal values we all share. And these people are pretty much feel abandoned at oh. this very moment. Oh, is there anything that we can do as Americans other than just pray to our gods? 
Well, you know, the thing is, I think America is doing its best to, first of all, to avoid uh, a full-blown conflict, including, you know, nuclear weapons, because and don't forget that Russia is a nuclear power. Mm. On the other hand, uh, there's a general uh, concern in Europe that uh, the U.S. is focusing its attention towards Asia and, you know, leaving Europe uh, alone. So that's why we are all worried, because we are very much worried about Ukraine, of course, but don't forget, we haven't seen uh, uh, an invasion force since the Second World War. And now this is exactly what happens at the Ukrainian borders. There's an invasion support is building up there. And, you know, the problem is the U.S. is not paying close attention to what is going on there. God knows where the Russians will stop. Oh, I Everything know. Everything reminds the people of, of what happened before the Second World War how Hitler demanded the Sudetenland, and, you know, how the, the, the British did everything to avoid a, a new world war. And it happened anyway, and it was much more terrifying than the first world war was. So, so there's pretty much tensions all around. Mm. How has your work as a war correspondent affected your writings? Well, you know, I mean, the thing is, I started writing because I wanted to fix things I couldn't fix in my life. And, you know, sometimes I feel, and I think a lot of readers are feeling the same, that life has no meaning. There's no hidden meaning in life, and everything is just happening to us eventually. Well, I started, you know, being a war correspondent means that you are a traveling salesman of misery and pain. And, you know, I... So some, some war correspondents go to therapy. Some, I started writing because I realized in fiction I can fix things I don't see any meaning yet. And instead, I mean, compared to life, my stories definitely have a meaning. And that was helping me a lot, and, and uh, I was really surprised that actually a lot of readers liked my writing. Ah, see, that's it. You didn't even know. You are just putting pen to paper and hoping somebody would like it. And they actually took to it. The Continental. Now, there's a website for this new literary review. It's a quarterly deal featuring the writings of world-famous American writers, literary giants, some of the best authors in Central Europe, in addition to the uh, English-language writings, also of our man here, Shandor Hasbarini. You can go to Continental continentalmagazine.com. We'll try that again. You can go to ContinentalMagazine.com. That's the website that's hopping right now with all the information on it. In closing, Shandor, anything that we may have missed? I think, uh, have, we, have we said that it's uh, distributed by Barnes & Noble, so you can get your hard copy in every Barnes & Nobles bookstore. Ah, there you go. So a little brick and mortar, go to Barnes & Nobles, pick up the literary review called The Continental. It's new, and it's going to be pretty awesome, and it's the next step for Shandor Hasbarini. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your lovely works with us on the Florida Roundtable, Shandor. Thank you very much for having me. If your credit card bills have gotten out of hand, call Consolidated Credit now. If the interest rates on your credit cards are so high, it'll take years to get out of debt. Call Consolidated Credit now. They've helped over 10 million people. Without destroying your credit, they can reduce your interest rates, lower your total payments up to 30 to 50% to get you out of debt fast. For a free consultation, call Consolidated Credit now. The program works. Call 1-800-206-6755. one 800 206 
1-800-206-6755. Consolidated Credit Counseling Services, Inc., 5701 West Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33313. Licensed by the New York Department of Financial Services and by the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation, Maryland DM 1492, Oregon DM 80092. Licensed by the Virginia State Corporation, Commission License Number DC83. Service may adversely affect the individual's credit. Non-payment of debt may lead to additional finance charges or collections activity, including legal action, not a loan company. Florida law requires you to remain at the scene of a crash and to call for help. Leaving the scene is a felony offense that includes losing your license and possible jail time. After a crash, stay at the scene, call for assistance, and wait for first responders to arrive. If you have information on a hit-and-run crash, report it by calling Star FHP or anonymously to Crime Stoppers at Star Star 8477. A message from the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles. Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. Call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. 802-341-4542. 802-341-4542. That's 802-341-4542. Shortness of breath, patients confused, temp 102. He just had an infection. What's going on? He's becoming septic. Antibiotics started. Bed ready, let's move him. Infections can lead to a deadly chain reaction in your body called sepsis. Very quickly, sepsis can cause tissue damage, organ failure, and even death. If you know the risks, can spot the symptoms, and act fast, then you can get ahead of sepsis. Learn more at cdc.gov sepsis. My muscles ached. I was tired all the time. My son had a full-blown asthma attack. It came out of nowhere. The unsettling thing about some symptoms is... I had a fever and these terrible headaches. You don't always know what's causing them. It was Lyme disease from a tick bite. I had Zika virus from a mosquito. He had a reaction to cockroach allergens. Threats to your health can come from unexpected places. Get the facts. Visit pestworld.org. A public service message from the National Pest Management Association. You've been listening to the Florida Roundtable, a news and public affairs presentation of the Florida News Network. The views and opinions expressed during this program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of this station's management, ownership, or sponsors. For questions or comments, write to Florida Roundtable at fnnonline.net.